Grumbling and complaining undermine the grace of God and poison the heart. Let our focus be on gratitude and grace and not on the things we don't have. We hope you'll join us today as we continue in our series called Gratitude right now. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And as always, so thankful that you are uh, listening to us today, that you've downloaded this podcast and uh, possibly the beginning of this series. I'm hoping you've uh, downloaded last week's. Uh, definitely to listen to that. Um, you'll be fine listening to this one this week, uh, but it's kind of nice to stay in in, in in tune with the rest of the series, right? So that you know kind of week by week what's going on and what we talk about. Because uh, I will refer to a couple of things this week um, talking about last week's podcast. And so uh, nothing that you won't be able to grasp or anything and understand completely, but maybe get some history behind it and some stories behind it. But uh, uh, if you want to do that, that'd be great. Hey, before we get started, um, you know, there's uh, a couple things that you guys can do to help us. If you enjoy this podcast and you would like to have other people enjoy it as well, uh, first first of all, what you can do is uh, make comments, uh, good comments, (laughs) and, uh, you know, make sure you hit likes and and different things on whatever platform you listen to this podcast uh, with uh, so that other people will... Uh, respond to that, you know, kind of in that viral sense, you know, that uh, that'll go out there and people will see that and it'll help get it to other people and, and whatnot and, and get that message out uh, or the message out to uh, people that need to hear it. Uh, another way is be praying for this ministry. Um, we're part of a church, but, um, you know, we can use all the prayers that we can get as always that maybe this these messages will reach uh, one person in my heart. Uh, if one person comes to know Christ through this ministry, then it's all worth it. Uh, and so uh, be praying for that. And then, of course, the last thing is, and it's the dreaded money part, right? That, um, you know, this this takes money to um, keep going. Um, albeit, uh, we're fortunate enough, it's not a lot. But, you know, uh, there are little costs of things that pop up with equipment and and uh, different things that uh, help get the word out, advertisements and those types of things that would help uh, this podcast grow. So if you are able in that position to be able to do that, that would be wonderful as well too. Uh, and if you would like to do that, um, you can go to our website at chandleracreschurch.com backslash give and uh, you can help through there. Um, and if you don't remember that, and if you need to, we'll remind you again at the end of the podcast of how you can help as well. All right. So let's move on to today's uh, topic. Um, Today we're talking, again, the series is called Gratitude, and we're talking about how gratitude affects us and how gratitude should be a part of our lives and things, and and so today is no different. Um, But before we kind of dive in there, uh, I want to kind of establish a couple things. So there is a movie series from the 1990s that is about two men, and, and I'm going to give you a few descriptive words to kind of help you um, guess this, um, these movies, okay? Um, the words are complaining, negativity, intolerance, 
uncompromising, griping, fussing, and grumpiness. What movie series has characters known for these characteristics? I'm hoping you maybe said grumpy old man or grumpier old man, right? There's two movies with that, okay? That that was uh, what it was like, right? Now, if you're under the age of 40, uh, I mean, you haven't seen that movie series, I encourage you to go check it out. It's pretty funny. Um, I got a lot of laughs on it when I was younger and stuff, and, and um, uh, you know, it, it's pretty good. Now, I will say this. Um, uh, it's, it's overall, it's a pretty clean movie, uh, but there are a few things in there that, you know, maybe younger kids should probably, you know, not listen to or whatever. Uh, I do know being older men, they kind of, uh, use some vulgar language every once in a while. It's not a lot, um, just here and there. And, and kind of the topics they, the first one, they chase after, a uh, a, a, a lady that lives a neighbor and, uh, want to court her, you know, literally court her They're you know, they're, they're nothing more than that. But, uh, um, you know, so you, you just be careful with that, but, um, it's pretty funny. So, but one of the reasons these movies were well received was because as Hollywood does well, they allowed us to witness the main characters, Walter Matthau and, and John Lemon, uh, get away with exaggerated, exaggerated attitudes and behaviors on the premise of grumpiness. Uh, these characters were able to express their ir- irritability through comedy and, and the movies became an audience favorite, but, However, if we were to practice their words and actions off the screen, we would be far from anyone's favorite. Because in reality, no one likes to spend time with a complainer, you know, a grumbler, a grumpy old man, or a grumpy old woman either. So uh, studies have shown that few things are more detrimental to your health than a bad attitude. Because our attitudes begin with our mindset. If our perspective is stuck in the muck of negativity, our body, behaviors, mental, emotional, and even physical health will begin to take on this posture, a posture of negativity, or also known as ingratitude. Okay? Uh, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines ingratitude as the failure or refusal to acknowledge receipt of something good from another, the forgetfulness of or poor return of kindness. Ingratitude is the choice not to recognize good or kindness in our life. It is the choice to take on the mindset and the spirit of the grumpy old man. Uh, The Bible is full of stories originating from the heart of ingratitude. Uh, Many of the most disheartening stories in the Bible begin with the spirit of ingratitude. Okay. Uh, we all know uh, the story of Cain killing his brother Abel. Both brothers offered a sacrifice to God. Abel's sacrifice was acceptable. Cain's was not. And knowing Cain's sacrifice was given from an ungrateful heart, God rejected his offering. Cain's ungrateful spirit sparked a wave of stewing anger, which convinced Cain that the answer to his, his wounded pride was not a reflection of his ungrateful sacrifice, but the murder of his brother. King David is another example. David lived a blessed life. The, the Lord gave him a flourishing kingdom, a successful career as king, a wife who loved him, a healthy family, well-being, and provision. However, the moment his gaze shifted from the goodness and mercies in his life and allowed his heart to follow his eyes as he scanned his neighbor's rooftops, David coveted what he didn't have, and in his heart he became ungrateful. In turn, his ungrateful spirit led to a great sin, adultery. Even under the umbrella of his grave repentance and God's forgiveness, the remainder of his reign was stained. His life was scarred by his sin all because his focus shifted from the Lord's grace in his life, forgetting what he had to be grateful for. And that grace we talked about last week, it comes from the word cheris, right? So um, 
if you weren't here or downloaded last week's podcast, I suggest you kind of download that a little bit so you know a little bit more about the cherish in our lives, okay? I would argue that the slippery slope of their sins originated from the sly sin of ingratitude. Philosopher David Hume wrote, of all the crimes that human creates are capable of, um, let me say that again, of all the crimes that human creatures are capable of committing, the most horrid and unnatural is ingratitude, right? The most horrid and unnatural is ingratitude. Early philosophers understood what, what today's science has proven, that gratitude is a wellspring of life. It has only been in the past 30 years that gratitude has entered into scientific study, but the study of gratitude has its challenges. To measure a trait proven to be much more than an attitude, but the embodiment of expression, of value, and an emotional spiritual connection, it's, it's almost impossible. Just as the vast science of gratitude is a challenging measure, so, so is the simplicity of its nemesis, right? Ingratitude. Ingratitude begins in small ways and is often masked by other emotions, thoughts, and behaviors, making the spirit of ungratefulness a challenge to identify. However, though it may be one of the least apparent sins, it drives a costly price. There is a cost to it. So what I want to do now is I want to, I want to examine Israel's attitude in its earliest days. It's a time right after they exited Egypt. It's the time when Moses brought his, the people out of, out of Egypt to, to, to give them freedom. God led Moses to lead the people to freedom. And so I want to call this time period the initial grumble. Okay, it's the initial grumble. It's the first grumble, right? Uh, I don't know if it's the first one, but we're going to call it the initial grumble. But after 45 days of travel, okay, Israel's resources began to run dry. With dwindling resources, their hunger and exhaustion overtook their their reserve, what you know what they had left. And so, the excitement over escaping their enemies and their newfound sense of freedom were quietly squelched out by their physical need. So, in other words, as their bellies begin to rumble, their mouths begin to grumble, right? You ever, you ever felt that way? You know, when you get hungry, your, your belly starts to rumble, you know, and you're, and you become grumpy, right? You, you begin to grumble like, I don't want to do this anymore. I know I'm hungry. You know what I mean? You start to get that, that grumbly feeling. So let's read our scripture together. Exodus chapter 16, starting with verse one. And this is what Moses says on behalf of God. Okay. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of sin between Elam and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There there we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. So just as we struggle with the gravity of our physical needs, so too did Israel. Overcome by their fear of hunger, Israel's focus shifted from the Lord's provision to, to what another could provide instead, mainly, mean, mainly Egypt, right? They were, they were like shifting in a way, oh, I'll, I'll, let's go back to Egypt, right? Their complaints surpassed their empty bellies to a resolve that Egypt could better care for them than God could in their time of need, right? Let's read on. Uh, verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they will gather food, and when they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, by evening you will realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. 
In the morning you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your complaints which are against him and not against us. What have we done that you should complain about us? And then Moses added, the Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning. For he has heard all your complaints against him. What have we done? Yes, your complaints are against the Lord, not against us. So the Lord, being gentle with his spiritual infants, heard their grumble and graciously provided for his children by sending them meat from the sky and birthing bread from the ground. Okay. However, Moses takes this moment as a teaching opportunity and addresses their toxic attitudes. In essence, Moses warns Israel, right, saying this attitude, you know, this, this complaining amongst yourselves, this, this underlying murmuring that you have, it, it's not against us, speaking for Aaron and himself, right? Your words are against the Lord. And so he goes, is this who we are? Are we a people that would grumble against the Lord's provisions? See, Moses understood something that the people did not yet understand, and that is this, okay, that we become what we behold, okay? We become what we behold. If we behold anger, we become angry people. If we behold envy, we become beholden to jealousy. If we harbor frustration, we transform into a quarrelsome person, right, whose arguments keep us from getting along with others, Moses knew that if the people beheld grumbling, they would become a people far from the heart of the Lord. The early church leader, James, understood this as well and spoke of this in his letter to the early church. When he surveyed his congregation, he found his body of believers were adopting different postures of, of sin. And James urged them, as Moses did with the Israelites, to guard themselves. So James tells his uh, fellow Christ followers, many of whom were also infants in their faith, that even in the most significant trials to remain strong with an attitude of Christ. For if they do not, they will become beholden to the sin that is beckoning them. Okay. So let's read what James says. James 1, 12 through 15. It says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is, when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Desires that tempt us to place faith in any place other than the Lord, for Israel, that was Egypt, have the potential to lead us away from the salvation of the Lord. And to be directed away from the Lord's grace, cheris, is to be led into darkness, which is death. Let's go back to Israel two years after the initial grumble, right? Israel's still a spiritual infant, okay? Um, but now under the guidance and instruction of the law, after nearly 800 days in the desert with the daily provisions of bread and meat, Israel should be past uh, uh, a spirit of grumbling, right? They should be past it, right? And, and living out a spiritual uh, spirit of gratitude instead, right? Well, let's find out. Numbers, uh, Numbers chapter 11, 1 through 6, okay? Soon the people began to complain about their hardship, and the Lord heard everything they said. Then the Lord's anger blazed against them, and he sent a fire to rage among them, and he destroyed some of the people in the outskirts of the camp. So they're still complaining, obviously, right? So then the people screamed to Moses for help, and when he prayed to the Lord, the fire stopped. After that, the area was known as Taberah, which means the place of burning, because, uh, because fire from the Lord had burned among them there. 
Then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt, and the people of Israel also began to complain. Oh, for some meat, they, excla they exclaimed. We remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt, and we had all the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic we wanted. But now our appetites are gone. All we ever see is this manna, which is bread. Okay. Although the menu was always the same, Israel, while living in the middle of the desert, was never without food. But, okay, but the Israelites would accept the food and the Lord graciously, and again they began to complain and grumble. They still took the food and everything, and, but they complained and grumbled. Our text says that the Lord burned with anger, and he demonstrated his anger by burning the camp outskirts. See, to fully understand God, God's position, we must examine this grumble, right? Examine the grumble. We must ask the question, what exactly is grumbling? What is grumbling? Given how long Israel remained in the desert, consider the number of stories never told, right? I'm sure Moses had a file of stories around Israel's lack of spiritual maturity, right? The Exodus story tells us there were so many arguments amongst the people that Moses struggled to find the time to lead his people. So therefore, Moses appointed elders to oversee the social and economic issues so he could focus on leading. Moses had stories to tell, but he deliberately chose to lead them out of the writing of the Exodus story. However, in the few stories recorded, twice Moses highlights the grumbling nature of the Israelites. The, this, this sly grumbling, often justified by its beholders, was destroying God's new nation. And Moses understood it had the potential to destroy God's people in the future. Why? Because he knows, as we read in James, that an attitude of ingratitude leads to sin that eventually pulls us far away from the Lord, that we no longer trust him. So what precisely is grumbling? Why is complaining so detrimental to our faith? Well, because grumbling is the complete opposite of gratitude, right? It's really that simple, right? Grumbling is the complete opposite of gratitude. To grumble and complain is, is, is basically, or I believe it is, to reject the grace of God, right? Israel's complaining surpassed <clears throat> their unmet physical needs. Their murmuring, murmuring was a, a faithless act, right, they, that said God's provisions were not enough. You know, choosing to be ungrateful for their daily drop from the sky and raised from the ground meals and desire to go back to slavery in Egypt to be fed there instead was to reject God's grace and, and his offer of salvation. Because, because Israel's salvation was dependent upon them trusting in him, right? Jesus wasn't there yet to give his sacrifice for, for our salvation yet, right? So they had to trust in, trust in God. Grumbling takes the form of the small sins, right? Like discontent, fussiness, gossip, negativity, intolerance, impatience, uncompromising, unyielding mindsets and behaviors. Grumbling, you know, really just sneaks up and destructs the strongest of believers. It has the power to pull the strongest of believers, those who were once in awe of the greatness of their salvation, far, far, far away from God into the grips of darkness. Or we know it as death, right? Basically, grumbling gives us a free pass to shift our focus from faith in God's provision to the problems in our life. It takes our problem at hand and turns it into a spiritual issue of the heart, which inevitably eats away at our recognition of God's grace in our life. Israel imagined that they would be better off dying as oppressed slaves in Egypt than to die as free people in the desert. 
Although it was apparent by his provision that God would not allow them to die in the desert, Israel still would have chosen death by slavery over death by starvation. Grumbling has the power to bring us to this place, right? Ingratitude moves us backward in thinking and ultimately in the way we live. You know, to live without gratitude and choose to grumble is to live life backwards. Maybe you are saying to yourself, well, I don't want to live life backwards. You know, like, are you wondering, well, how, how do I know if I'm living life backwards, right? Well, we know we live in a place of backward living and backward thinking when we get stuck in the why, okay? Not get stuck in the YMCA, you know, where the gym and all that stuff is and the pool and all that stuff. That would be fun. But no, stuck in the, like, the why. Like, why me? Or, or why not me, right? If we allow ourselves to reflect on our grumble, an emptiness can form within the why questions, right? This, this, this why is birthed from a place of discontent. And this discontent births from a posture uh, of ingratitude, right? We have chosen to remain in a thought process that says, this is not enough. This is not what I wanted. This is not how things are supposed to be, right? There has to be something better than what I have. Why me? This is grumbling, you know, I don't want bread. I, I want, you know, whatever. I'm tired of the same old meat. I would rather have whatever, right? Ask yourself, is there a sense of discontentment in your soul? Do you find yourself stuck in the why? Closely examine your thoughts, attitudes, and words, right? Ask yourself, where do I grumble? See, we all grumble. And if you're saying, well, I don't grumble, you're grumbling, right? <laughs> you know? Ask yourself, where do I grumble? Am I, am I complaining a lot? Do I look at my life and say, this is not enough? Am I living in a state of, I want, I wish, I had, I miss, you know? Do I look at others' lives and, and wish I had their experiences, their possessions, spouse, children, house, job, friends? I wish I just had their life, right? These grumbles that, that take the form of questions, murmurs under our breath, thoughts crossing our minds, which at times seep into our conversations, right? These are actually what the Bible refers to as a spirit of ingratitude, right? I, I want you to know this. A grumbling heart is the nemesis of a grateful heart, right? Simple as that, right? A grumbling heart is the nemesis of a grateful heart. And if you're not sure what nemesis is, man, you apparently you don't watch Marvel, you know, Marvel movies or whatever. But nemesis is the enemy, right? A grumbling heart is the enemy of a grateful heart. Thankfully, grumbling does not have the final say. God's grace surpasses the grumble. He is gracious to forgive, and the answer to our ingratitude does not require a movement of mountains. You can begin to push the needle forward and start practicing gratitude right now. Right? Right now. But here's, here's what I want you to do as we close this up today. I want you to ask yourself some questions. Here they are. How can you move the needle forward in your life this week? Does it include a gratitude practice? In other words, are you practicing to make it perfect, right? It's not going to happen overnight. You've got to practice at it. Practice gratitude. And if you feel stuck in the why, is it because you need to release something to the Lord? You know, typically you find when somebody's stuck in the why, it's, it's because they're holding on to something they need to let go, right? So give it back to the Lord, you know, if you feel stuck in the why. Do you grumble in your spirit? Have you taken on, on a posture of ingratitude? You know, do we kind of lean towards being, you know, being selfish and, you know, not worrying about having gratitude? How can you replace this mindset with gratitude? 
How can I switch it around, right? Begin to think about those things. See, the beauty of the gospel of grace is, is just that. It is a freedom based on grace, right? You do not have to earn your way into a spirit of posture of gratitude. You can receive grace at any time and live in it. Practicing gratitude, accepting and expressing his grace can begin right now. That's my prayer for you today. All right? Amen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Venture Podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope, as always, that you'll be back next week to continue our series on gratitude. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast and Chandler Acres Ministries, or you'd like to become a patron, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.